Welcome to another episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Roof Team. My name is Nelson Fernandez, your host, and today we have a special guest from Colorado, Sydney. How are you doing today, Sydney? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Excited to be here. Awesome. We're excited to have you on the show also and hear about your story and your enrollment with Revolve. Um, so to get today's episode kicked off, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Tell them a little bit about who you are, what you like to do, and what you current, currently are doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so thanks so much. Um, so my name is Sydney Munoz. Um, I live in Colorado, um, and I really uh, got my interest in sustainability um, right when I started um, undergrad. I've always been really interested in sustainability. Uh, we did composting and recycling as a kid. I spent a lot of time outdoors, um, but my interest in sustainability really kind of kicked off in, in undergrad at university, um, and I've been interested and involved um, in working in the sustainability field ever since. So for the past um, eight or so years. Um, so my work uh, in sustainability is really around uh, community engagement, um, programs, and um, outreach. Um, and then also I do a lot of events management um, too. And really that community engagement side of sustainability um, and in addition to kind of my passion for sustainability and my work, it's also a really big part of my life, too. So I'm grateful to be able to um, do my life's passion um, in my job and also be able to live sustainability um, and sustainably in um, my my personal life as well. And then additionally, I really just love spending time outdoors. And that's kind of really where my passion for sustainability and protecting our environment uh, kind of happens. Love uh, snowboarding, camping, um, just being outside and hiking. So that's kind of where um, my passion is when I need kind of that that spark. I always uh, take time to go outside and, and really see like why I'm doing this work. Awesome. I love it. Um, definitely nature environment. Um, I can relate to that a lot when I was a kid, just being outside. Um, so as you're growing up, did you ever like see or hear about different sustainability related models like recycling, being green that ever resonated to you? Yeah, for sure. So we definitely recycled um, ever since I could remember, uh, knew what to and what not to recycle. Uh, we recycled, uh, separated our cans, brought them to um, the can recycling center every couple of months. And then uh, we also did a lot of composting too growing up. So my mom's a big gardener. So we had our compost bin and that's really where um, kind of took it a step further and learned about um, food waste and, and not wasting our food. And if there's anything left over that uh, we couldn't eat, or kind of shells of eggs and different things like that, that would all go into the compost. And so um, learning about how that breaks down and then putting it into our soil in our garden, um, that was a really cool thing for me at an early age and something that I have in my home now too. Awesome. Cool. So now shifting gears from more of the waste side into the energy side, um, would you like to talk a bit about the American Solar Energy Society and then we can dive into the revolt? Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, I've been, uh, I'll talk a little bit about Revolve first. So I've been with Revolve um, for about um, a little under two years. And about six months ago, I was invited by um, the American Solar Energy Society to be a board member. Um, so I started that board member position in January. It's a three-year term. Um, and really the American Solar Energy Society, um, the abbreviation is ACES. Um, it's been around since the 1950s. Um, and it's a nonprofit that I 
advocates for sustainable living and 100% renewable energy uh, by sharing information, events, resources, and cultivating community and um, powering progress. Um, so there's a lot of different programs um, that are offered through ACES. I'm really honored to be a part of their board along with a number of other board members helping promote their work and really what I do um, there. I serve on a couple of different committees and I help um, co-lead their student chapter work with another um, one of the ACES employees. Um, so ACES has a number of programs such as their national solar tour to help um, community members learn and kind of see solar installations in their community. Um, they also have chapters, which is a really big part of their work. So um, getting involved um, in state chapters or chapters at university to really advance solar energy and have conversations about solar energy related to regional and university level um, is really a big part of their work as well. And they have conferences and webinars and it's a really great community to kind of learn um, and to get involved um, in renewable energy. So I'm honored to be a part of that and um, to play a role in helping um, promote their work. Awesome. And do you have any advice for any students listening right now and how they can find more information and become involved? Yeah, for sure. Um, so ACES has two different ways for students to become involved. Um, the first is the student chapters. Um, so currently we have student chapters at more than a dozen universities across the country. And really what they do is that the student chapters help um, promote renewable energy. They do renewable energy projects either in their community, um, in their state, or in some of them are doing um, renewable energy projects internationally as well. Um, so it's a great way for students who are interested in renewable energy and solar to really um, kind of find their group and get involved and do projects. Um, so that's one way. If you're looking to get a little bit more involved, ACES does have um, student volunteer and internship opportunities, um, which are available on the website. Everything from um, helping with their programs and their conference to helping um, with finance and community engagement. So there's a lot of ways um, for students to get involved um, in ACES. So um, yeah, I'd say check out their website, aces.org, um, if you're interested in getting involved. Awesome. And for anyone listening, we'll have the links in this episode's description as well. Awesome. Cool. So now diving into Revolve, would you like to um, talk a bit about um, your mission there and what you get to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been at Revolve for a little under two years now. Um, I'm the community engagement coordinator there. Um, it's a really amazing nonprofit. Um, really what we do is we help, um, we're a nonprofit. Um, we've been around for a bit more than 11 years and we help bring solar to other nonprofits across the country. Um, so as you and maybe some of your listeners know, um, nonprofits face a lot of hurdles to going solar outside of um, just the, the solar financing, which is a really big piece. And so um, uh, financing a solar system in and of itself um, is a, a big upfront cost. Um, and for nonprofits, many of them are communities, um, community nonprofits, small to medium size. Um, they don't have a lot of big budgets. And when they do have enough money for that, they want to put it into their programs and mission. Um, and so really what we do is we help um, fund uh, solar projects for nonprofits. So we um, help nonprofits go solar uh, for zero down. And then um, nonprofits pay us back over a 20-year period, either through a power purchase agreement or a solar lease. And in that time, their electricity rate is um, basically locked in for 20 years, and they're able to save 15% um, or more in their electricity bills, which is a huge thing for nonprofits who are kind of focused on day-to-day -day and doing a lot of fundraising to save that um, save that money. Um, so that's a 
a really big part of what we do. In addition to that, our mission is also helping train the next generation of clean energy leaders through our Solar Ambassador program. Um, and our Solar Ambassadors really um, go out in their community, find nonprofits that are interested in going solar and lead that project from start to finish. And then our nonprofit, our um, students also learn about um, solar energy, technology, policy and finance, community engagement, uh, communications and leadership skills. Um, so that's really the two, um, the two main programs of Revolve. And then we are also really passionate about um, educating the community about going solar and encouraging the community um, to, to go solar or to advocate for um, clean energy policy in their community. Awesome. I like the um, three-sided front of tackling the finance side, tackling the education side, and then also the outreach, I believe, the three pillars of sustainability. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of have that um, well-rounded view. So um, we're really excited to, I think one, one big piece is that that financial piece um, that's a really big part of sustainability and being able to, for um, nonprofits to have more stable electricity costs, especially as um, cost of energy is going up, especially in California, um, energy is going up so much. And so for those nonprofits to kind of lock in those energy bills, it's a huge financial sustainability piece. And then they're able to put that money back into their mission, um, back into their programs, um, which is something that is really exciting because we work with a lot of amazing nonprofits, everything from animal shelters to youth after school programs um, to low income housing. And so all of that savings that the nonprofit has is directly put back into their community, uh, which is something that um, we really uh, love about our mission. Awesome. And then in terms of scope of um, areas, do you guys focus in the Colorado um, western side of the U.S.? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So um, Revolve is an entirely remote team. So I'm actually based in Colorado, but um, Revolve is headquartered in um, San Francisco in California. Um, so we have about, um, we've we've helped solarize um, more than 50 nonprofits. And I'd say about 25 um, to, 30, 20, to 30 of those are in California and the rest are spread across the country. So we have nonprofits that we've helped go solar um, from everywhere from Washington to Ohio, um, South Carolina, um, so there's a lot of different places we help go solar, and um, we're always looking to help um, new states go solar as well. Awesome, um, because I know from like taking a look at like the U.S. map, like most most of their ratings is in that southwestern area. Mm -hmm. So, um, do you have any favorite moments about working with Revolve you'd like to share? Yeah, um, so at Revolve, I kind of wear two different hats. Um, I wear um, the hat of being um, managing our Solar Ambassador program. Um, it's a really great program, as I mentioned, and really honored to be able to have that um, that position to be able to help our ambassadors through their projects. So I do um, everything from helping leading the trainings. We have um, a really big training at the beginning of the year to train our ambassadors. And then we have monthly webinars with industry experts um, for them to learn more about our given topic of the month. And then also just being able to help them lead them through um, their projects and um, provide advice and information. Um, I think that 
that program really, uh, the ambassadors really take the lead on everything from planning events about solar and clean energy to um, helping nonprofits go solar and just seeing um, the impact that the, not, that the solar ambassadors are having in their community um, is just a really fulfilling part of my work. And then the other side um, that I do is managing our communications. Um, so everything from newsletter creation to all of our social media, um, created a 10-year impact report highlighting all of our stories from our nonprofits and our solar ambassadors. So really being able to tell the story and engaging our community, um, that's also really um, interesting and cool part of our work too. So like being able to kind of do um, those both sides and be able to work with the students and then work to um, help uh, bring uh, Revolve and make um, Revolve bigger and uh, help um, people learn more about our mission and our work. Awesome to hear. So when the students and community get involved, um, what does that usually look like um, aside from say webinars? For students to get involved um, in our work, um, our big way is through our Solar Ambassador Program. Um, it's a primarily program for um, college students, but we also have had um, students of all ages um, participate as well as community members and retirees. Um, so really what the, um, what the Solar Ambassadors do is that they help um, reach out to a nonprofit in their community and really help them go solar. So they do everything from that initial outreach to educating the nonprofit about going solar. Um, they collect their electricity bills for us to kind of build a solar proposal. And then from there, they meet with ourselves and the nonprofit and really walk through a solar proposal with the nonprofit, explaining kind of how much they'll be saving and kind of how the whole system works and our whole model works. Um, and then from there, the students do a lot of community engagement work. So they work with the nonprofit, say if it's a, a youth after school program, um, they work with um, that nonprofit and really see how can we help best educate the um, these students and this community. Um, so some of our ambassadors have done educational workshops with students um, and they've done um, sent emails to, um, to the nonprofit. Um, they also host a ribbon cutting event. So they bring in um, guest speakers from the community um, and um, local elected officials to really talk about renewable energy and really help make a big splash. And um, really the whole um, purpose of this is to try to encourage other people to go solar. Um, so at Revolve, we help nonprofits go solar and we're hoping that through that, it will have a seeding effect. So the seeding effect for solar is basically as if your neighbor goes solar, you're more likely to go solar yourself because you see it, you talk to your neighbors, you kind of learn a little bit more from that firsthand experience. And so at Revolve, we're trying to take that and turn it into if a nonprofit goes solar, um, a really big nonprofit in the community um, that's really focused on um, serving the community. If they go solar, um, how can it encourage so many other people to go solar and all the people that that community is supporting? So um, in Ohio, our University of Dayton Solar Ambassadors help bring solar to Oak Tree Corner. Um, and it's an amazing nonprofit that helps children um, three through 18 who have lost someone important in their life. Um, um, through um, through that. And so um, the nonprofit is actually located on the busiest street um, in Dayton and um, hundreds and thousands of cars go by there and you can see the solar system um, right from um, the main street. And so being able to have that nonprofit that's a pillar in that community go solar and everybody who passes by um, see that um, the uh, project was also in the Dayton paper. And so being able for the solar ambassadors to kind of lead all these projects and um, to 
make that impact and hopefully help others go solar. That's a big purpose of their work. And then for community members to get involved, um, it's really, we have a lot of different ways. So um, they can take action with us um, through volunteering, just learning about our work and helping um, promote our work and also learning about um, solar. We have a solar education center and a blog for um, people to learn more as well. And sometimes we have um, different events and webinars for people to get involved with as well. Cool. I love hearing about the students from day and being able to get um, hands on this project and get it up and running and get all the great promotion for it. Um, so if you had someone who never heard about solar, maybe never saw panels or an array before, how would you go, go about handling the conversation and um, be able to not only like convince them why solar is great, but help introduce them to the technology? Yeah, for sure. I think that that is um, that's a great question. Um, and so really introducing, that's really what our ambassadors do. So uh, some of these nonprofits have never um, considered going solar before. Some of them have. And so um, kind of explaining the technology, um, There's we have a lot of different resources, but kind of how I would explain it or how I'd encourage the students to explain it is, is um, kind of in a simple way. Um, you know, we put, um, what we do is we take uh, the nonprofit's electricity bills and we really see um, how much it, uh, power is the nonprofit currently using. Um, we take that out of a 12-month period. Um, and then from there, we're able to see um, how many, how big of a size of a solar system we should put on there. Um, and then really kind of explaining that to the nonprofit would be, um, you know, we're going to put solar on your roof and um, that is going to, um, you're going to be making your own energy on your roof, um, which is first going to go into your home um, or into your nonprofit space. And that's going to help um, save money by offsetting um, the cost of electricity that you're using throughout the day. Um, so the solar system um, is working and producing solar when you um, when the sun is out. And when the sun is not out, you're still grid tied. So a lot of our nonprofits kind of worry about, are they going to lose power at night or what are they going to do at night? Um, and so kind of explaining net metering in a way that um, in the daylight, you use that electricity um, in your nonprofit first. Any that is unused gets sent back to the grid and it's credited um, if it is credited through the state, um, depending. There's a lot of different net metering laws. Um, and then at, um, at nighttime, um, you can kind of pull those credits and um, help reduce your electricity bill that way. Um, so I always say, um, you know, one thing that is really interesting about clean energy is that um, so many um, Americans, I think is around 80% of Americans are really for clean energy. It's kind of something that um, you don't see that in really anything on both sides of the aisle. And so um, it's something that people can get behind. And so also using kind of when you're explaining why going solar, I always say um, kind of first start with the electricity bill savings, but then also take a look at that nonprofit's mission. Um, many nonprofits, say if it's a nonprofit profit focused on youth, um, they have kind of a desire to want to build uh, a future that is better for their students and for the youth. And so going solar kind of is one step in that, helping um, reduce emissions and doing their part to combat climate change. Um, and so kind of taking their mission and seeing how can we incorporate sustainability and renewable energy and climate change um, into the values that nonprofit already has. Um, so we can help them kind of see beyond the financial, what are some other impacts that um, that nonprofit is gonna have they're going um, solar. Awesome. And I like how you um, brought up their values and seeing how um, the educational side and the youth side aligns with them and how that connects to the solar side. So Sydney, I know when it comes to finances with solar, 
PPA is a term that gets thrown out a lot. Um, could you break down what a PPA, PPA is? Yeah, so a PPA is a power purchase agreement, um, and it's really um, how our PPA works and how um, most PPAs work, or I'll kind of talk a little bit how ours works. Um, and so really how Revolve's power purchase agreement works is that um, we help finance um, the nonprofit's um, solar system upright. Um, and so um, through our system, we don't require that the nonprofit pay us any type of down payment. Um, I'd say about a majority of them don't. Um, they can provide a down payment, um, but that's really a big perk of going solar with us is not having to, um, for a nonprofit, put that down payment. Um, and so what happens is that um, once they sign into the contract, um, for the contract goes for a 20-year term. And um, in that contract, we basically spell out um, the cost of electricity um, that will be for um, from year one all the way to year 20. Um, so in year one, our goal is to help save nonprofits 15% or more on their electricity. Um, and then that increases um, over the course of uh, the the um, power purchase agreement, um, and it can definitely be more um, at the end um, of the the PPA. And so 15% is what we try to um, make our minimum um, in states like California, where we have a lot of projects, um, we're able to save them um, more money because cost of electricity is so high. Um, and then um, that really helps us also with, um, as a nonprofit, we're able to then go to states with lower cost of electricity, such as South Carolina, and help them also save money too, where solar is not as economical. Um, and so through that PPA, we own the system for a 20 year um, term. And so we manage everything from the operations and the maintenance. So um, we have someone on our team who's um, managing um, how much um, is the, the solar panels are producing and if there's meeting our production guarantees. Um, and if there's any maintenance that comes up in that 20 years, um, we manage that as well. And so what the nonprofit does is they pay us um, a monthly um, payment, and that's based on the amount of electricity um, that they generated and used um, through their system throughout the month. Um, so similar to electricity bill, um, in that sense is kind of how I explain PPAs versus like a solar lease where you mostly typically are not paying off of generation, you're paying mostly like a flat fee. Um, and then after the 20 years, um, the nonprofit owns their system outright, um, we give it to them. And the nonprofit is able to have that system for as long as the system um, lasts for. Um, so our systems are usually guaranteed for 25 years. The panels are from the manufacturer, um, which is pretty industry standard. So um, guaranteed that the nonprofit is going to have that um, electricity production from your 20 to 25. Um, but then after that, too, um, solar panels are still lasting, you know, 25, 30 plus years. And so um, the nonprofit is able to have that and they own that system outright. Um, so really a PPA is um, in the in the simplest terms, um, we own it for 20 years. Um, the nonprofits makes a payment off of it, um, payment per month. And then um, at the 20 years, it gets transferred over. And so one great thing that I love about our mission and Revolve um, and really where we got our, our name from um, is we have a solar seed fund and it's a revolving fund. Um, and really our solar seed fund um, as a nonprofit makes their PPA or solar lease payments every month, um, that money gets put into our solar seed fund and we use that money um, directly to bring solar to more nonprofits across the country. Um, so as the number of projects and the size of our systems grow for nonprofits, um, the more nonprofits we're going to be able to help go solar in the future. So um, that's something that a lot of our nonprofits really like about our mission is that it's not just them going solar, their nonprofit solar project over 20 years can help um, one, two, three um, other nonprofits nationwide go solar too.
Awesome, man. I love hearing about the revolving um, fund also, being able to take um, previous work and be able to put it towards future work as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's something that um, we really love to do. And um, it really helps us bring solar to those states like um, Washington, South Carolina and others where it's a little bit harder for us to pencil out those projects. Um, but as a nonprofit, we're able to do that and we're able to um, see that the returns from maybe our California projects that are a little higher and do those projects where a normal, um, a typical solar company might not be able to or financier wouldn't be able to pencil out those projects. Awesome. So PPA and Abato, essentially the homeowners not owning or leasing the system, but instead the PPA company. So revolve in this case is installing the system and selling the energy to the homeowner. Does that sound about right? Yes. Yeah. And then um, the uh, system is still grid tied. So all of our systems are still grid tied. So if something um, happened with the solar, um, if it's covered in snow and the nonprofit is still able to um, get their electricity from um, from the grid as well. And so um, typically they would see two bills, one from their electricity company and one from Revolve. Um, but with both of those together, it's typically 15 percent or more cheaper um, than what their original bill was. Um, and one great thing about that is that resiliency piece for nonprofits is that it locks in their electricity bills so it's guaranteed. Um, so cost of electricity can go up varying um, two, three percent, maybe four, depending on inflation and how everything's going with the economy. Um, and so we're able to kind of secure that for the nonprofit. And that's super valuable and vital um, for the sustainability and health of a, a small nonprofit that relies mostly on um, donations or um, support from the community to be able to have one of their recurring bills be more resilient um, to um, rising costs of electricity. Awesome. Um... So far, I've enjoyed our conversation talking about Revolve and ACES. Um, one, I'd say, characteristic of our organization is focused on students in their university setting doing different projects and creating change. Um, when you were in undergrad in university, did you have any cool projects that you worked on? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so that's really where I got my start in the sustainability field and have been involved in it ever since. Um, so when I uh, went to university, I went to Southern Oregon University in Ashland for undergrad, um, and I took an environmentally based um, English class. It had a focus on sustainability. Um, and so in that class, it was really, my eyes really opened to a lot of different um, things that I hadn't learned in school um, around sustainability. We did a weekly field trip for the whole year of the class. Um, so we got to go to farms to see how food was um, produced, wastewater treatments, um, plants. We got to see um, how the city manages um, manage their forests. And then we also got to go to um, recycling center, um, a donation center to see how they process donations. And then also um, a trash center too, to see and a dump to see how, um, where our trash goes um, when we put it into the bin and kind of forget about it. Um, and so that really inspired me, um, that class really inspired me was a pivotal moment to get involved in sustainability. Um, so for um, my, my freshman year, first year at undergrad, I was um, the co-student coordinator for our sustainability resource center. And then the two um, following years, I was the um, student director of the um, ecology and sustainability resource center. Um, so through there, I led a team of um, between 10 to 15 students who were working on everything from um, managing our 
community garden to waste reduction efforts, renewable energy, um, transportation, um, sustainability campaigns for the university, et cetera. Um, and I really was a good, a big part of helping um, the university become a more sustainable and being on their sustainability committee, which was an advisory board to the university president um, and serving as um, the sustainability director for student government. Um, so there's a lot of different roles I played and I um, helped manage sustainability um, events and Earth Day events, um, but my big campaign um, that I did in undergrad um, was I helped our university um, remove the sell of single-use plastic water bottles. Um, it was through a campaign called Take Back the Tap, so trying to um, reduce the amount of um, plastic water bottles that were on campus. Um, we did a lot of other um, kind of education campaigns around a number of different topics, um, so that really sparked my interest in sustainability as a whole and as a broad sense. Um, and then after my um, university, I um, took a year and I went to Costa Rica and I taught English there um, at a, a bilingual school. Um, and then following that, I came back to the States and got my master's in sustainability leadership from Arizona State um, and also worked at the Colorado Department of Transportation as the transportation demand management intern. Um, so it was really focused on how do you get people to take alternative forms of transportation, such as biking, walking, um, carpooling, vanpooling, public transportation to get to work. Um, once I graduated, um, right when the pandemic hit, I started working for a nonprofit doing really similar work in the um, in the Denver area. And then um, at the end of 2020, um, started my position at Revolve um, and really am focused on that community engagement piece and um, training our students. Um, so a little, little bit about um, what I did in university that kind of led me up into this position that I have now. Awesome, Al. Also, like seeing um, the um, growth that you took and the progression, and it wasn't just, hey, let's just jump into this, but instead that built up to where you are now. Mm -hmm. um, one question I have for you is in that tra transportation area, how can you go about convincing and helping others realize different ways on finding maybe public transportation, maybe bicycling and other modes that are alternative? Yeah, so there's a lot of different resources depending on your city. Um, there's a lot of different resources um, that cities have available to learn more about um, biking routes or transportation routes. Um, Google Maps is a great way to kind of um, see where um, biking routes are located and where transportation routes are located. And I'd say one thing about um, alternative transportation and sustainable transportation is that um, it doesn't have to be um, zero or nothing. And so you don't have to either always drive in a car or always take um, public transportation or biking. Um, you can do a mix if um, going to work and going to work is really far away from you. Um, maybe that your only option is to drive, but if there's um, a local supermarket or kind of your gym or other shops around that you can take biking or public transportation to, um, anything that you do kind of really makes a difference. So it doesn't have to be um, all or nothing. It can be um, a really good part of kind of how you think about transportation and doesn't always have to be in a single occupancy vehicle. Um, and so kind of just thinking about different ways um, that you can kind of move around and and what works best for you. Um, I know in the United States, we have such a different transportation systems in each city. So sometimes um, alternative transportation, such as um, there's great biking paths in some cities, there's great transportation options in some cities, and maybe it's carpooling is another option um, for, for cities that don't have as great um, public transportation. Um, so I'd always say kind of look at your options and um, 
see like what do I do on a daily or, or weekly basis that I could use uh, an alternative form for. Awesome, cool. So as we come towards the end of today's episode, do you have any advice or anything you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, so um, my advice for students, um, if you're currently in university right now, would be to um, get involved in any way you can. Um, there's so many different opportunities to get involved in um, the sustainability field at your university. Um, most universities now have a student sustainability resource center, or if not, even a sustainability club or a way for you to get involved. Or if there's not, maybe start one um, and really get um, experience kind of um, those allow you to get experience experience in so many different ways of sustainability, whether that's um, alternative transportation or clean energy or planning events and kind of seeing what you like and, and what you're good at um, in that sense. So I'd say just get involved and find um, opportunities. Revolve has our Solar Ambassador Fellowship um, program that I talked about. Um, it's a year-long fellowship for college students that runs during the academic year, and um, our applications are open for this year. Um, and so will start um, in the fall. So if any students are interested in that, we'll leave um, the link there. Um, and then I'd also say um, if you're not in, in um, university or maybe if you're um, just wanting to kind of expand your skills, I think there's so many different ways you can do that. You can do that through volunteering. Um, one way that I expanded my skills in communications was um, I worked for a startup um, called Plastic Score and I was their um, marketing consultant. So I managed all of their um, social media accounts and really built up an ambassador program there. I did that for a bit more than a year um, right at the start of the pandemic. And that really helped me also um, have that uh, experience in um, social media that helped me get my job at Revolve as well. So I'd say kind of look for different ways to um, expand your skills um, in sustainability and renewable energy. There's so many different ways you can go. You can go the more technical side, you can go community engagement, um, events, advocacy, so kind of um, finding what you like and um, getting involved and um, volunteering and kind of getting into that next um, that next role. So that would be my advice that I'd have. Awesome. Couldn't agree more. Um, Sydney, thank you again for coming onto the show and sharing with us about ACES, about Revolve, and about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you, and um, thanks so much for inviting me on the show. Cool. And for everyone listening, we have all kinds of links in the description that you can check out. Um, if you have any questions, definitely feel free to message us. And remember, everyone, stay sustainable.